The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. Glad to be back after a long hiatus, but I'm back on the saddle here. For today's episode, I have just one word for you. Plastics. Yes, those who know The Graduate know that famous scene with Mr. McGuire. And of course, Ben, played as Dustin Hoffman, he gets pulled aside and says, the future is plastics. That was 1967. Here we are, like, I don't know, what is that, 50 years later, if I'm doing my math correct? And we have a deal in the plastics industry. The future is now. Yes, today's deal of the week is all about the plastics industry. The Australian packaging company Amcor, an $18 billion market cap company, is exploring a deal for smaller rival Bemis. This is a story that was broken by my colleagues last week. And now they're in studio with me to talk about an industry many of you probably don't know that much about. I certainly don't. Ed Hammond and Kyle Porter helped break the story, and they join me now after Ed valiantly filled in for me for three weeks, doing a much better job at this than I'm sure I do on a weekly basis. Hi, guys. It's good to be back. Yeah, indeed. Along with a special guest. That's right. Ed is uh, on the other side uh, of things again. Um, But Kyle, let's start with you, since uh, we're all sick of Ed over the past few weeks. Uh, what are these companies, Amcor and Bemis? They actually both have a uh, long-standing corporate history. Amcor, which uh, now has its corporate headquarters in Zurich, Switzerland, can tra- oh Geneva, I should say, can trace its origins back to the 1860s and a paper mill uh, outside Melbourne. Whereas Bemis uh, was founded as a bag making company in the mid 1860s. And so, what does Amcor do now? Well, it's exactly? been through several iterations. It finally sold off its uh, paper business in the year 2000, and it's in increasingly been moving towards flexibles and packaging, getting rid of its can and bottling making businesses, and a few other bits and pieces along the way over the past decade. And what's Bemis's specialization? Again, it's very much a plastics orientated company now. Uh, the bag making business went long ago. And and when we say plastics, just so I'm clear, what are we talking about? Are we talking about like water bottles is it, or containers or everything? A or? mixture of smaller stuff designed for the pharmaceutical and food industries. So you have things like your yogurt pots, uh, your uh, cup dispensaries, anything that you take on a picnic. Ed, you helped break the story. What is it about this deal that makes sense? Why was this? First of all, how did this sort of get on your radar? And then what's the logic of it? Uh, well, I can't really talk too much about how I got on the radar without going into sourcing, so I'll leave that one for now. Um, I think the logic of it is, you know, this would make Amcor significantly larger. I think it would be the second or third largest packaging company in the world after this by sales. Uh, it would also give it a massively increased presence in the US, which is primarily where Bemis is focused. I also understand mostly from reading analyst notes rather than from any uh, sort of personal expertise there is not a huge amount of overlap between these companies. So actually, from an antitrust point of view, this deal probably would fly. Also, last thing to say is that Bemis, on a relative basis, is fairly cheap now, if you look at it on a price to be a bit dark compared to 
Amcor, I think it's uh, it's a few points cheaper, and it's actually cheaper than where it was a while ago as well. So there's there's a few reasons why this would happen. Uh, Amcor has been very vocal historically about wanting to do some pretty sizable M&A. And yeah, without getting into the specifics uh, of how you broke this, I guess maybe a better question on my end would have been, uh, was this on your radar? In other words, is this deal a surprise came out of nowhere or... Uh, you know, had we been hearing any rumblings in the in the general packaging industry about deals? Well, candidly, I don't spend a huge amount of time looking at the the packaging industry. What I would say is we have been hearing this year, and I think you know that's been reflected in some of our reporting. If you look at some of the bigger deals we've worked on, Rockwell Collins uh, sale to United Technologies being the most obvious. There is a lot going on in industrials, and obviously this is a subsector of industrials which typically is fairly busy. Usually, I and mean, Kyle can probably speak more to this than I can with a lot of, of private equity activity. But it, you know, the industrial sector more generally has been busy this year. It's picked up a lot from last year. We've seen deals both big and small, and this would fit very nicely into that trend. So this particular deal, these two names, you know, it wasn't something I knew much about before getting the original tip. Um, but but as a rule, this this year has been busy in, in industrials, so it, it didn't come as a huge shock. Kyle, Kyle is our private equity reporter. Let's talk about this a little bit. Have we seen a lot of private equity interest in industrials? Oh, completely. Uh, plastics as a subsector has been a very strong theme for the past 36 months, both on the buy and the sell side. I'd say, without getting into sourcing from my own personal experience, most of my sources were saying something big is going to get done in this space, and that will set off a next Kickstarter round. Uh, if you look at this year, you can see a number of deals that happened in the market. Low Group, which is uh, controlled by the Tisch family, uh, bought consolidated containers from Bain Capital for uh, 1.2 billion, which I was advised was a somewhat of a crazy multiple, uh, but they believe they can grow the, uh, the business uh, threefold in the next three to five years. You've also had a lot of corporate activity, RPC Group bought Leica, uh, based in the Midwest, United States, for about 700 million early this year as well, again, to increase their US exposure and in plastics. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. So I'm going to crib a little bit from a Bloomberg Gadfly columnist who wrote an article on this, David Fickling, for some of the background of what I actually think makes this deal interesting. Uh, I do not know much about the plastics industry or the container industry. Uh, and and as I mentioned in the, in the intro, I would imagine many of the listeners of this probably don't know all that much about it either. Uh, but what I found was interesting based on his Gadfly column was a, a lot of the logic that goes into this has to do with the raw material cost uh, of plastics compared to other types of packaging. Um, and and you mentioned this, Kyle, uh, you alluded to this at the top. Amcor used to be a much bigger company in other areas of packaging. And now this deal, if it happens, and we'll get into the likelihood of that in a second, sort of directs them even more into plastics, in part because... While the price of aluminum has risen 33% over the past year, and the price of lumber, say, is up 26%, the raw materials that make plastic are, are actually in flat or in decline, thus making plastic, in part, uh, a cheaper alternative for packaging uh, than some of the other forms of packaging 
that Amcor has been in historically. You mentioned it at the top, but just remind us once again here, sort of back end us on Amcor. They were in what businesses at one point, and then they've shed businesses? And- yeah, as I said, they started as a paper company, and have since uh, they diversified over the course of most of the 20th century and have since been shedding businesses since then. So they, they divested, uh, I think it was in 2000, right? They spun off the paper business. Correct. And then in 2007, they sold a stake of a bottle cap, a metal bottle cap unit. And then in 2013, I believe they shed the uh, a, a glass and can division. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, it was a demerger. A demerger. Yeah. Okay. So now this would be an addition, and it would make Amcor uh, one of the, I mean, they're already one of the larger packaging companies, but this would make them the world's fourth biggest packaging company after three paper and pulp companies. So they would be sort of the largest of the plastics companies. By the way, International Paper is the biggest of these. So that's a company you may have heard of. So, so Ed, what do we know about the, this deal in terms of timing and likelihood at this point? Are there potential other bidders here? Is this a sales process or is this sort of a one-on-one discussion? Do we know that? Well, I'll come back to that in a second, but I just want to go back to the, the sort of why, uh, you know, why this industry is not faring as bad as other industries that are very leveraged towards raw materials. So what really this is, you could look at it as almost a play on oil because polyethylene is the main ingredient in the plastics and petroleum is what kind of goes into polyethylene and obviously that is a derivative of oil. So And oil has not risen like the other commodities. Precisely. It's actually been very depressed for, for really a, a long period now. So what you're seeing is this industry not suffering from spikes in, uh, in other raw material costs that you've seen hit other commodity leveraged industries. In terms of this deal, look, I, I think we said this in our story, it's very early. I don't think there's any real sense of timing yet. And as far as I know, there's no, uh, whatever you call it, a strategic auction or anything like that going on. I think there is obviously interest on the Amcor side. We said in the story, it wasn't clear whether or not they've made a formal approach yet to Bemis. I think that remains the case. Bemis, from what we've heard in terms of their some of their feedback to the market and particularly to uh, some investors who have spoken to them, is that you know they are they're not obviously speaking specifically to the Amcor rumor, but they do not seem to be positioning themselves as sellers in the near term. So there may be a deal here, there may not. Uh, what is clear is that Amcor are very interested in seeing something happen. And indeed, Amcor put out a statement shortly after our story confirming that. And what was the market reaction when you guys broke the story? So this was an interesting one. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Some of these stocks where you know the there's heavy volume in the trading before our story crosses. The, the shares in Bemis were, I think, up sort of six or seven percent in the three days before our story came out. Our story crossed, and then I think they went up another sort of five or six percentage points. So you you had seen heavy volume. Obviously, volume then picked up again, and I think the next day as well, you saw some reasonably heavy trading in Amcor traded off a bit, I think, on some expectation that maybe they were going to overpay. So I think there has been, at least on the Bemis side, a positive market reaction to this. That said, and I think, you know, because we didn't put a huge amount of information in there about how advanced this was or the timing of it, you haven't seen it trade up as heavily as you would on a story that was more specific about where the process stood. So just so I'm clear, do you think the stock ran up in the days before the story because the information was getting out and people were taking advantage of sort of the leak? even if it hadn't gotten to us or anybody else yet in the I, press? I don't know enough about sort of who knew what at that point, whether or not the information was out there and that's what was causing the trading, whether it was something completely unrelated. There, there has been some questioning in the last few days since our story broke about 
uh, Reg FD requirements in Australia and whether or not Amcor could actually be talking to investors about sort of specifically what they were planning or at least alluding to the fact they were planning a US deal of this size and scope. That could have led people to make assumptions about Bemis. But but as I say, this is all uh, speculation on my part at the moment. We, we just don't know what was driving the uh, the shares before our story. But just to be clear, we have not heard of another potential bidder or, or or have there been analyst notes or anything like that saying, does this company make sense for anyone more than Amcor? Uh, again, it's not an industry that I spent enough time focusing on to really answer that with any uh, sort of confidence. But I, I'm sure there will be analyst notes speculating about all kinds of things that could happen here. I think, as I say, what we know at the moment is that Bemis are not running anything like a formal auction, and therefore anyone else showing up would only be doing so. I think on the basis that they think you know this is potentially an asset that's in play, and they could have a look. It's true. Most of the comparable peers rose uh, after our call statement as well, because they spoke in a generality rather than we are planning an offer for Bemis. So I sense that there were a lot of moving pieces. Because we mentioned private equity earlier, is it possible this is a private equity play as well, if it actually does in fact... It certainly is something that you could look at as a leverage buyout. However, given the pricing expectations, getting into a bidding war with a corporate hasn't worked out well for private equity the past couple of years. Ed Hammond and Kyle Porter on the plastics industry, Amcor and Bemis. You may not be all that familiar with this. However, after listening to this podcast, I hope you have a little bit more insight. I certainly do. Thank you, as always, for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can catch all our episodes on Apple Podcasts or the Bloomberg Terminal or Bloomberg.com. Also, follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Kyle, where can people find you on Twitter? At Kyle Poulter. Uh, and Mr. Hammond, where can people find you on Twitter? At Ed Hammond NY. Uh, glad to be back. Hope to give you a couple interesting episodes coming up over the next few weeks. See you next week. Countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.